Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Cheap Shot Photography Podcast. We're going to get straight into it today. I've got a very special guest for you. Um, let me introduce you to uh, moustache curling pro photographer, presenter, live broadcaster and visual content creator, um, Mr. Scott Ramsey, all the way from uh, Brighton, just a little bit further down the coast um, from where I live. Um, welcome along, Scott. Hey, Tim. Thanks for asking me along. Yeah, sunny Brighton, although it's not that sunny today, unfortunately. It's just <laughs> blinking freezing. Um, yeah, I'm, my name's Scott, as Tim has said. Um, I'm a professional photographer and have been now since the age of about uh, 13. I think I had my first photograph published. Um, wow. So, yeah, I've been doing this for over 30 years, believe it or not. That's amazing. 13. What, what was the first photograph? How did you manage to get your, that, your shot published at 13 years yeah. old? Yeah. Well, the world was a lot of it's a much different place then. Um, you know, people used to buy a thing called newspapers then, and they used <laughs> to sell an awful lot of them. And my father was a photographer, and uh, I grew up with listening to his stories of when he was a, uh, a press photographer, and that kind of inspired me. And uh, yeah, so I was at school, I kind of picked up a camera, I guess, at probably about the age of 11 or so, um, got into it. Um, and then started um, sending, finding stories and sending pictures to the local paper. Um, and then I had this amazing um, art teacher, standing art teacher that suddenly came. Actually, no, he wasn't an art teacher. I think he was an English teacher. And he came along and he was a really nice guy, young guy. And he had all these new ideas. And he took my class up to the Daily Mirror up in London um for, for for a day trip and to talk about uh, how they operated that kind of stuff and i was up there and i'm thinking oh this is great yeah i'd love to I'd love to kind of get into this world of editorial photography and i remember being really cheeky and asking somebody at a, probably at an appropriate time but i asked anyway and said look can i come up and do some work experience well i work experience you were meant to do i think when you were about 15 16 yeah and they said oh will you write to me and we'll see what you can do and I sent him a letter. I think his name was Len Greener. I think he, that was the picture editor at the time. Sent him a letter. And yet, uh, then uh, he, he invited me up. Um, and I remember um, going up to London um, and, and um, spending a week up there with them. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, which was a bit nerve wracking at the age of 13. I mean, I mean, you know. We have trains down here in the south coast, but <laughs> London's a whole <laughs> different ball game, you know, up there. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. certainly at that age, and I wasn't, you know, wasn't used to it, but I made myself do it, and I had to used to get the underground in every day. And um, I went out with the photographers, and, and back then, because I was so young, um, and, and my, I could always rely on kind of if they weren't, I wasn't gelling with somebody. I could say, oh, well, my photog my father used to freelance for you guys, and that used to break the ice a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. And I, I, I can't remember fully what I kind of did during those four, four or five days. Um, when I out on different assignments, I think one was to London Zoo, um, and then another one was for a press call, and it was for um, Anthea Turner at. Um, She'd had an accident, actually, and she used to do a TV show. I think it was kind of magic related. And I think the chap is kind of bringing back memories now. I think mm. the chap's name, this guy's name was the Great Soprano. 
And there was, an, I believe, now don't hold me to facts because you might have to check this out, but I believe there was an accident and, and somehow she burnt her hair and she had to yeah, quite Yeah, I vaguely badly. remember this. Do you, you, you remember? Yeah, I'm not yeah. making this up. Good. No, no. <laughs> and she had to take some time off of work. Anyway, yeah. she was, she came back um, and maybe the, t- actually, maybe the show was with the great soprano. I can't remember exactly. Anyway, mm. she was coming back after taking a bit of time off work. This is a long reply to your question, isn't it? No, but- it's good. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> <But laughs> she came back to work and um, there was a press call for a new TV show and she was coming back and everyone's excited about it. I went along with the photographer. I did some photographs. I had my cameras. We were shooting everything on film then, as you can imagine. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. I've got a feeling possibly colour, um, but it wasn't unknown to shoot everything in black and white, and then on the odd occasion you would shoot in, in colour. But I yeah. think the mirror was probably colour then. Um, and um, we got back, and, and this, this photographer, I can't remember his name, he did me a bit of a favour. Because he jokingly or half-heartedly said, "Oh no, my pictures are a load of rubbish." You know, Scott's has got <laughs> Scott's got a really good picture. I think we should use that in the paper. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, well, there we go. It was used in the paper, and they gave me a byline, and they paid me for it. And wow. that was my first picture in a national newspaper, which is the Daily Mirror. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I, and I do remember this. I do remember that story in the in the depths of my mind. I do remember that actually happening. So, yeah, that was cool that you got. That's that's how you actually got into it. And um, perseverance by getting on to them about work experience. And then, you know, a nice little break there. Someone giving you the opportunity to submit your photo for the story. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in that day. I mean, photography is tough now, and maybe we'll get onto that a little bit. But mm. um, photography was uh, being a professional photographer was just as hard back then. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It, it was no different. Um, it was probably easier because there was less there was less people doing it and mm. you really had to kind of know your stuff. I mean, yeah. the, uh, you know, the cameras these days are a lot of it for you. Uh, but, you know, you wanted to be a press photographer or an agency or a newspaper, whether it be local press or national press. Um, often the case was you were waiting for that job to come up. And mm. we used to call it, you know, filling the dead man's shoes. You know, they're predominantly guys, but we had female photographers as well, thankfully. But yeah. most of them were men. Um, mm. And, you know, you were waiting <laughs> Unfortunately, it sounds terrible to say you were waiting for that vacancy to come up because people wouldn't move around. Yeah, very rarely yeah. would they move, and mm. um, you know it was a bit of a closed shop, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, and and I mean, obviously, uh, moving on from there, you then I know that you said before that um, you you know you've worked for various newspapers and um, and obviously, as we said, things have changed quite a bit, so you've had to adapt to to sort of remain as a professional photographer haven't you yeah absolutely um it's um it's changed and and it's very easy within any industry to look back and say how great it was Mm. you know back then it i remember it was very very tough i managed to work myself i was freelancing i managed to get myself at the age of 16 then i kind of got myself onto a local paper as a news as a photographer they mm. classed me as a trainee photographer. I did that for a couple of years and freelanced and then what have you ended up on the staff and uh, and what have you. But that's a whole different story. But, yeah, the, it, it, 
it it was tough and it and it is tough now and um you know the the new cameras that have come out i mean i remember okay let's put this into context i remember going out um uh, down uh, uh, meeting up with another photographer who was well established a newspaper mm. photographer again and i had um one of the newer cameras and mm. I remember sat in the dark, uh, not in the dark room, in the little office that we had there with all the rolls of film everywhere and everything, mm. and saying and showing him autofocus. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and he was going with this, you know, what, why do I want autofocus on the camera? You know, he said, come on, I'm going to test you. And we actually had a race to see who could focus quick enough, you know. Mm. Now, these guys back then. You know, my father was the same and I had a little bit of it because I used to shoot with um, manual focus cameras as well. Mm. They could actually stand in a room and they would know the distance from where oh, they yeah. stood yeah. to to the person they're photographing and go, OK, I know that's four foot, yeah. five foot, six foot, whatever. They would also know, right, the light is about two fiftieth of air or OK, drop that down a bit. Blah, 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 and they take a picture. And that's yeah. the way they did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's um, all but, it's all inbuilt, isn't it? They 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 yeah. know exactly what they're doing. It's like um, you know, I, I see quite a few street photographers that do the same thing. They're permanently reading the situation, and they know exactly at that aperture, you know, that particular uh, light level, what shutter speed they're going to need, how far away they're going to need to be for their their focusing. It's just it's just all instant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, two fiftieth at f eight. That's that's yeah. the standard. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. go around the world shooting everything two fiftieth outside, obviously. Two fiftieth yeah. at f eight, and you know, pretty much everything. You know, put a semi, you know, a bit of a wide on there or whatever, and you've got yeah. everything in focus. But yeah, I remember this chap telling me, you know, and he said, no, no, I don't think it will ever cotton on. All the focus will never cotton. On. <laughs> it's a gimmick, you know, uh, and 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 that's pretty much been the the whole of my career. I've always been the younger person within the environment that I've been working, and mm. I've always naturally got hold of the newer gear. I remember when digital first came in, yeah. the older guys were like, oh, "Why? I'm not going to sit in front of a computer processing my images. I don't even know how a computer works." Mm. You know, give it to the younger guy over there. You know, yeah. um, uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, back to your original question about how things are evolving. It is an evolving game all the time. Mm. Um, it's had a detrimental f effect on on the industry. Um, it, but it's also had a massively positive effect to the industry of the technology that's come through. Yeah. Um, sadly, it's devalued photography because yeah. there's so many amazing images out there that can be captured so easily by people now. Um, the value of photography has dropped. Um, but, you know, um, it's no different from when, you know, uh, was it the box brownie first came out, which, hey, we're yeah. talking about your kind of stuff now, the older cameras, you know. And, and the <laughs> Listen, I was, a, I was a late starter compared to you. I didn't start till I was 15. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got I was like two years, two years on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when that, that revolutionized the world of photography, you yeah. know, it suddenly became possible for people to go on holiday and take pictures yeah. and the smartphone you know the instamatics came along and i remember within the industry the instamatics and they would say well we're not going to send you out on that job actually because the reporter can go out and take a picture yeah, yeah and exactly. they soon realized that actually the reporter was very good at reporting but not so good at actually taking a photograph so that all kind of died a death thankfully yeah the, um, yeah you know you've, you've got to 
I mean, when when I've seen you on uh, on Periscope, you you know you you were on there as the photographer's eye, and that's what you need, isn't it? You've got to know how to build a picture within that frame, and like you say, anyone can point and shoot at something, but it's not going to with the best camera in the world. It's it's you know you might have a half decent image at the end of it, but it's not going to be the best photograph unless you actually know and understand what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and that, it's always been about, and on my vlog and on my blog and, and, and YouTube and all the bits and bobs and periscopes and stuff like that, I've, I've never been the kind of photographer that necessarily, I don't know what, maybe in the future I might, but I kind of don't enjoy doing too much of the technical side of stuff mm. because I am a great believer in it doesn't matter what camera you're using, what smartphone you're using, you know, um, it really doesn't matter because what really matters is how you see the world. And if you, if you choose to photograph people or, or, image, or take images with people in it, you might not talk to them, but it might be street photography. You mm. need to understand them and you need to have empathy. And if you haven't got those skills, unfortunately, your photography is really going to not, you know, pass muster. No, I, I really don't think that, you know. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point. Very good point. So we, we sort of briefly touched on um, on the fact that you uh, are quite prolific with Periscope and obviously, um, you know, also YouTube as well. Now, tell us how you decided to or why you decided to get into um, Periscope and sort of live streaming with your photography. Yeah, I, I actually have probably taken a, a bit of a step back on Periscope for the last probably year, year and a half. Um, I, when Periscope came around, um, literally before I discovered it, I think I googled, um, you know, how to do this. So that's why I discovered the platform Periscope. Mm. What I wanted to do, um, and I think I probably tried it on YouTube at some point, um, was take uh, people on the journey with me as I was looking for photographs. So again, it's going back to that training your eye and seeing how I create pictures and showing and inspiring people about, you know, it can be a really dull and overcast day, but, you know, and I, I'm, you know, I'm just going to go to this rather average beach, should we say, mm. and try and look for some photographs. Yeah. Um, and that's what they're trying to do. And and I was thinking, well, yeah, it wasn't quite working with the way that I was trying to do it. And then I thought, well, I, I want that interaction. And then I heard about Periscope and I thought, wow, this could be quite interesting that you can film or rather you can broadcast live um, while talking to people all around the world um, uh, and bring in taking pictures as well. Um, which is what I kind of did. Yeah. So hence the photographer's eye was kind of born on Periscope. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And I, and I love the fact that, um, you know, you were talking whilst you're doing that about how you're envisaging the, the photo and what you're going to do to achieve the result. And it was like, you know, we were not only looking through the photographer's eye, but we were also getting inside your brain a little bit and seeing how, how you, how you work and how you um, sort of build up those images. Yeah, the the I, I I built up 
rel- I think quite a large following on Periscope. You know, it wasn't in its millions, yeah, but definitely. we had a good, mm. you know, a good number of people in there and some really popular, you know, regular and, and um, people that were great fans and they would come on and I, and, and yeah, you know, I'm thinking now I should go back and do some more. Um, <laughs> but the, the, one of the biggest problems with this kind of thing is people are so used to things happening quickly and have very short mm. attention span. So um, unless you've got some kind of knowledge of photography, you really got to, um, for it to work properly, you've got to spend, I mean, sometimes I was broadcasting for over an hour, mm. you know, um, I'm just looking for pictures. And I genuinely think as a viewer, I probably would have switched off, but people didn't mm. because, and I remember several times where I was just walking around chatting and then something would happen. An yeah. image would happen. We'll find an image. Who is discovering images? You know, the light happened to be right. The person walked across the scene at exactly the right time. And it's boom, boom, boom. And the picture's happening. Mm. Um, and it, and they were really good moments. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, I, haven't, I, yeah, I still don't think I quite mastered the full, you know, because there's a lot of um, waiting. If you come out with me on a photo shoot or if I'm not necessarily a photo shoot, that's probably a bad example. But if I was going out and just doing some documentary photographs or just wandering down the beach or doing some street photography. By the way, I try not to kind of say I am a landscape photographer, I'm a street photographer, or I'm a yeah. portrait photographer. For me, it's all the same. Um, there's a heck of a lot of wandering around, waiting and, 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 and watching I watch people all the time mm. <laughs> just to see what's going on. And and there's there's once you get to a certain stage and you understand people, you can almost um, judge what they are going to do before they've done it themselves. Yeah, which sounds exactly. really odd and it sounds yeah. really arty. And people listening to this, I might be thinking, oh, God, what a load of old rubbish. But it does happen and you can yeah. you, you can pick up on it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I was speaking to uh, Sean Allen on the on the last um, episode and he was um, he was saying the same thing, really. Once once you've seen the photo, it's already it's already happened and you've got to watch the situation and anticipate what's going to happen next and it is really it's the the decisive moment isn't it as uh Henri Cartier-Bresson used to say that you know you you you've got to watch that scene and be ready for when it does happen and and just get the image yeah yeah and when 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 everything is flowing and you've got to a point in your career and your picture taking, whether it's a career or not, because you don't mm. have to be a professional photographer to reach this point. But when you're living, you, first of all, OK, I think t- to be good at anything, you've got to put in the time. And mm. that is getting up in the morning and you're taking pictures and you're taking pictures and you're taking pictures and you're improving and you're working and you're always taking pictures. And then you carry on doing that. And the more experience you have with setups of taking pictures of portraits of people or interior shots or whatever it might be, your your repertoire of photographs builds so then you can, you know, be consistent. Mm. Um, and, you know, consistency as a professional photographer is is what you're after. 
I mean, yeah. let's be perfectly honest, and it does irritate me slightly that it is very, very easy to put up a nice photograph on Instagram. Mm. Okay. Because, um, you know, and you can look at some people's feeds and I'm no one in particular, and you can, you can go through them and they've got some amazing photographs. Now I've yeah. listened to, um, people, other photographers talk about this and, it's, you know, it is easy to go, OK, I'm going to take a picture right now because I'm on holiday and the light is beautiful. I've got no care in the world. I am. I'm not rushing around. I can take this picture now because I'm in the ideal situation and boom, I'm going to put it on Instagram. And then three months later or a couple of months, boom, again, boom, again. A professional photographer has to have consistency through every time they pick up a camera. Mm. When when the light nine times out of ten the light is absolutely horrendous, everything's <laughs> working against you. You know, yeah. you know, you're not saying okay, well I'll put off this photo shoot you want to do. You know, uh, to to you know uh, next you know next April because the weather's going to be great then. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got to you got to get it sorted. You know, on a dark day in December. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So what would you say if someone was looking to take up photography, Scott, what would you say um, would be a couple of really good tips for them? If you're taking up photography. Um, oh, now you've got me thinking because it was such a long time ago when I took up photography. <laughs> well, I, look, I tell you, when I when I started taking up photography or showed an interest to it, my father used to take me out and, and where we lived is um, a, a lovely harbour. And I learn to train my eye now the way or rather he taught me how to train my eye and get the speed up you need to know your your camera inside out that's mm. why a lot of photographers will keep with the same camera gear without going off on another tangent that's why a lot of photographers say i've always been nikon i've always been canon blah 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 blah, blah sony whatever 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 i've always been nikon okay mm. I, apart from a time where i had a Leicas, but that was a whole different story and then i think i had a canon a couple of times but i can pick up pretty much any nikon um and and you know it fits in my hand and i know where everything is so it's second nature for me to use that so i went out with my father and we went down and he had me photographing seagulls now if you if you never photograph seagulls they're really tricky to photograph they are. So young, yeah, they really are. Yeah. You know, a can you get close enough because let's face it you're unlikely to have an 800 millimeter super duper lens so mm. you know before they fly off and you've got to time it right so we did a lot of that and it's amazing that you could kind of train your skills and kind of learn that way so that's my top tip is maybe you know if nature is your thing but although i don't do a lot of nature but it's picking uh, yeah. a subject that you can you can continually go back to um just train yourself the other top tip that i would probably give is don't worry about apertures shutter speeds and all that kind of stuff because it's such a headache to learn okay yeah. what i would do is um, at the beginning either put your camera on fully automatic Oh, I know. There's going to be people turning in their graves. <laughs> Fully automatic or aperture priority. I tend to shoot a lot of my work on aperture I priority. I do a lot of aperture priority. Yep. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's not because I'm lazy. It's because of the way that I like to work, you know. Yeah. Um, but when you're starting off, make life simple. Put it all on automatic. Go out mm. and take some pictures. Okay. And then you're going to go, okay, well, that one's worked. That one hasn't. OK, now, why hasn't that picture worked? 
Okay. Not necessarily because it's not a great picture, but maybe the exposures, you know, it's highlighted for the sky and not for the person on the beach or, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not sharp or there's blur in it. And then you got a starting point. You go, okay, I've gone out and taken three pictures on a Saturday afternoon or 10 pictures on the, here's my three best. That one's not worked. I'm really disappointed with that. It's blurred. Okay, why is it blurred? And then you've got a starting point to work out why it's blurred. And then you've got your first training session to go, okay, well, I didn't have a high enough ISO or maybe it was because of the shutter speed. And then you've got your own little training program to go for. And then you learn about how to solve that problem. Uh, and then take each step as it comes. That's what I would suggest. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's some um, very good advice. I would say, very good advice. I um, I was reading. Um, I was flicking through a book in a store we went to the other day, and I saw a quote that um, that really sort of uh, yelped out to me. And that was, um, "Experience is something that we uh, experience is a name that we give to our mistakes." Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that is so true. Just get out there and, and shoot and just see what works and what doesn't. And, and you soon you soon will find out, you know, what the right thing to do is. And, you know, we all learn from mistakes, don't we? And yeah. um, I think, you know, just getting involved and getting out there and shooting. And like you say, it doesn't matter what camera it is. Um, doesn't matter what settings you're using initially. Just enjoy it. Have fun see what happens yeah exactly and i think i think um in the world as it is today there is a um, there is a lack of certain people there is a lack of not wanting to get out of their comfort zones Mm. Uh, that's a whole whole nother program but and you know and and it's like you're not going to be able to learn anything unless you go out of your comfort zone so start at the beginning and you've got to put the time in You know, it's not a case of um, watching a a YouTube video or watching a podcast. Yeah, they are really helpful. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Brilliant way of doing it. But it does come down to a fact that you've got to get out there and just give it a go and be frightened that it might not work. Um, Yeah. uh, And that's it. Get out of that comfort zone. That's what I say. Definitely. Definitely. Get off the sofa. I think I used to say, yeah, I used to say on Periscope, actually, and I still do. I said, get off that sofa. Right. Grab your camera right now. Stop watching this. Or in this case, (laughs) stop watching this. Put it on pause or listening to this, should we say. And grab your camera, go out that door. And there's a whole world out there. You don't have to travel to a foreign land. You can just step out and you'll be amazed if you just open up your eyes. What's on your doorstep? Uh, and you can have a lot of fun doing it, you know. That's great. Yeah, absolutely fantastic, Scott. Scott, tell us, um, for those that don't know you, tell us um, where they will be able to find you and um, see your work. I know also you're involved in YouTube as well now, so give us all the details of where people will be able to find you and check you out. Okay, well, it's really simple. If you just go to scottramsey.co.uk, um, you can find me there, and it's spelled Ramsey, R-A-M-S-E-Y, not Ramsey as in Gordon Ramsey. No relative of mine, although he's a <laughs> lovely guy and cooks some amazing food. Um, yeah, head there. You'll follow a link. Uh, you'll see the links to all my social media feeds um, and YouTube as well. Yeah, there's an interesting – thank you for the plug, by the way. There's an interesting um, – putting together uh, some episodes from a trip that I did around um, Spain um, going out on there, which uh, people – it's kind of a travel vlog type photography thing 
um, which people might find quite interesting. And, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely loving that. So check that out, people. That is really good. And um, there are some more episodes of that to come, aren't there? So that's um, that's really worth watching. Uh, so it's very kind of you. Yeah, I've, I've just been working on episode three now, and I think there's quite a few more to come up. So, um, yeah, that's good. I appreciate it. Thank you. Fantastic. Thanks, Scott. Absolutely top guy. Thanks for coming on and um, and having a little chat with us. Really, really appreciate it. And um, no doubt we'll catch up with you again very soon. Hey, no problem, Tim. Best of luck with the podcast. And uh, thanks for asking me. Thanks, Scott. Well, Cheers. a big thank you to Scott for coming on and being our guest. And um, thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this episode. I will be along shortly with another new episode. And thanks ever so much. I will speak to you very soon. Bye now.